talk to you a minute. He said, where two or more are gathered in my name, they agree together, they harmonize, they make a symphony. And then it goes on to say, on anything and everything that they ask. (laughs) Anything and everything they ask in his name. He said, the Father's going to give it to you. And he says, there I am. I say the great I am is in our midst. So he's here with us tonight too. The angels are here with us tonight. And, and you're here tonight with us, and we thank God for you. Yes. We want to make mention to you again, our table's out in the foyer. Is there anything left out there? Somebody answer me. Yes, uh, thank you. One that's all I needed. So there's material out there. It's all free to you. I've provided it for you. You can take it or leave it. But when the meeting's over, we're going to put it back up in my stuff. And if we run out of it, we'll try to get you what we ran out of, if we can. And we have a big list here of uh, teaching CDs from me. Um, Hindrances to healing, Job and Paul Thorne, and sometimes healing is instant, sometimes progressive. Well, you, you need to get that. Most people miss that, and they don't realize, even in the ministry of Jesus. Hey, I'm putting myself up against him as a minister, and you should too if you're smart. And if he can do it all the time instantly, then I can't either sometimes. And I don't feel bad about it either. I don't think he felt bad about it. The people didn't receive it very well. Or that he got to them what he could get to them on their level of faith, which was very small Mm -hmm. and sometimes dishonorably almost towards him. I have my many books out there that I've made recently that I thought would help you. We also ordered Brother Hagen's, about 10 of them here it looks like. I don't know if they've all come in or not. They all come in, Jenny said. And I paid for them out of my ministry, not church money. And I'm giving it to you if you want it. Now, don't take something if you're really not serious about it. Because that's a waste of my money and boo-boo on you for that. But if you're going to read it and look at it and then maybe pass it on somebody that's, you already know something, you could take it to a restaurant and give it to somebody. You'd be surprised. Uh, Real people are desperate for truth. I don't care who they are. Drug addicts, you know, dope addicts, all kinds of people, alcoholics, mean people. And then we have this out there for you. This I didn't put it together. I put it together, but it wasn't my material about 35, 40 years ago. We still can't figure out who gave us this. Me and a fellow pastor in Illinois, and he gave me one that's condensed I'm having made. That's not published yet, is it, Sean? But we're getting 1,000 copies, and we're glad to give you one of those. It's a little easier to handle than this, but this is good material. This is all on healing. You're not going to figure out exactly how to be a good marriage couple out of this, but it's going to help you. If you get right with God in one area, it spills over sometimes in others that are critical. But this is really, it's pinpointing on healing. Man, it's, it's some good material. I've been carrying it around all these years, and I got it back out and asked the staff to make me copies. I've been taking it to all my meetings. And then I had one more book. I don't know how many of these we have left. Do we have any left, Jenny? Yeah, we do have some. Six, maybe. Well, I don't know how many of these I had printed. A couple hundred, I think, back, and I paid for it. I couldn't find Don Hughes on the planet, but I know him personally, so I went ahead and had this published. And if I could have, I would have said, I'm not going to sell your material, Don, but I'd like your permission to reprint it. But since I couldn't find him on the Internet or any other way, and if you find him, let Donna know because I'll call him. He's probably in heaven. But this is one of the most profound books in all of my library on healing. God's not guilty. It may make you, you know, forget about your meals for a few days. If you read it, it'd be so hungry. It explains all the messed up stuff in the earth 
Like Brother Hagin said it simply, if, if God's in charge down here, he sure got it in a mess. And I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, where did the problem start? In the beginning. Conditions you must meet. Life in Jesus Christ. What about Job? Um, it says God blesses Job. Uh, who, who's guilty? Misunderstood scriptures. We'll get into some of them tonight, maybe a few. Uh, suffering for Jesus. You know, the Bible uses suffering in the New Testament. I think there's 20 different words that mean that, and none of them mean sickness. Not a one of them. I already looked it up in the Greek New Testament. Not a one. It's interesting if you study and pay attention. I told you this morning, I had all the same questions every human being has when I first started realizing that God would be a healer to me. I had every question you can imagine. And some maybe you haven't thought of. And I asked God to show me, and he began to take me through the Bible. It's 40 years later, almost 50 years now, and began to help me see what the answers are. And they're all inside. That's not a J.C. Penney commercial. It's a Jesus Christ commercial. They're all inside the Bible. All the answers you ever need for life is right here. And then this last chapter is the chastening of the Lord. I don't even know if we have time to deal with that. But this is a great book. Yeah, I'll charge you 500 apiece for this because I've read some books on healing. And again, my shredder is certainly warmed up and ready. If I read something that's full of nothing, I'm going to shred you right on the spot. I'm not even going to ask a judge. I'm just going to shred you and liken it. You think I'm teasing. I really get excited about shredders. Maybe I got a fetish for them. I don't know. But anyway, whatever it is, it's a good thing. All right. Let's go, let's go to Matthew 14 tonight. I want to make a couple just observations as we think about this. We kind of mentioned something here a minute ago. Matthew 14 is where I'm going in about verse uh, <clears throat> 34. But we've taken some minute or two to get there. Um, you know, you have to realize that sometimes things get done instantly in our life, but sometimes and many times they don't. And, but you have to have a place of reference. You have to have a starting place. This, I want to warn you, you, you're not believing God unless you had a starting place that you haven't left yet. If you haven't nailed it down that you believed you received when you prayed, then you haven't really prayed. You've said some words, but you don't believe a word you said. And guess what? God's not obligated to make that come to pass. If I were you, this is my thinking, just mine personal, you'd stay in the Word long enough and study hard enough until you begin to have some faith in at least one scripture. But you could ask him about and pray with him about and lock it down. Nothing's going to move you off that, including death. You're just going to hang on. And you're going to stay with it. But you've got to stay with it. That's the point I'm making. You know, some people miss that. You know, and just to help you know something, I had pain in my body right here for 14 years. I know what I'm talking about. 14 long years. After three years, I was so weary, I wanted to go. I started wanting to go to heaven. And I talked to the Lord about it. I said, Lord, you know, I don't know if I want to stay here anymore. I know I got a young wife, but I don't think I can take this anymore. Three years of not sleeping very good. Pain constantly, irritable. Feel like I had a javelin sticking through me here coming out my back. You go to the hospital, you pay them thousands. I didn't have insurance. Paid them thousands of dollars to take my clothes off, shoot stuff up me, shoot stuff down me, drink stuff, put me under some machine that scans me and looking for all kinds of stuff. And none of them was able to help me. It's embarrassing to do that and have to pay money for it. And they say, well, we can't help you. I said, what? You can't help me. Then the city of faith was open. Oral Roberts thing. 
And I called them and they said, if you're a pastor, we'll take care of you for nothing, but we can't pay to get you out here. And two of my preacher friends gave me the money. Charles Cowan and Dr. Rod Buxton. Had enough money to get a plane ticket out and get a motel and go see them. And they checked me out all the time and did everything to me. And they said, we can't find anything wrong with you. Well, they helped me some. They were all spiritual people, and they gave me some medicine, and when the pharmacist handed it to me, he took, took the medicine in my hand and prayed over it. Amen. They don't do that at Walgreens. No, they <laughs> I think all of them ought to do that. They were smart, but that's the key. They were not smart. They're just natural people doing natural things. Some of them love God, but prayer, now, in Jesus' name, oh, my. So I, I, I spent $20,000 on a credit card because I didn't have insurance because I wanted some relief. You can't blame me. And after about, uh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, the timing, 12 years or so, Dr. Dufresne got into my life. He found out about that pain in my side. I talked to him about it. And I logged thousands of hours back then on healing. I got T.L. Osborne's set. There was 32 cassettes in his teaching on healing and listened to him over and over. I don't know how many times I listened to him. I listened to Gloria Copeland. I listened to Kenneth Copeland. I listened to Brother Hagin. So don't tell me, I don't know what it li it's like to have patience. You might have to duck if you're too close to me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. 14 years of that, and after three years, I've already told you, I just felt like, I don't know if I want to handle this the rest of my life, Father, and I'm a tough guy. I thought I was pretty tough, but that pain was tougher at that time on my side. I finally went to a guy local, and he gave me some medicine. It took the edge off, but it knocked the you-know-what out of me for two days. So I got, came back to him and said, here's your medicine. Thanks, doc, but I'm not going to live like that. I once was a real addict, shooting anything I wanted. I'm not going to put that pharmaceutical stuff in me that makes me feel just like that again. I'm just not going to do that to myself. I appreciate you, but no thanks. And you haven't got any answers either. Is that right? Well, I guess not. Well, thanks for your time. See, but I just stayed with it. I don't think you're hearing me. So, you know, you get tired. You say, well, I, I've tried this 15 times and I've still got these symptoms. Well, you're a winner, sure enough. You imagine how many doctor's visits I went to to do stuff and some of the disgusting stuff they make you put on at the hospital, a, a robe with no back in it, and you shoot the moon to everybody unless you hold it together. Put you on a table and just do all kinds of unimaginable things. And they're trying to help me. I'm not blaming them. But it's a lot of changes to go through and still come up with zero. Dr. Frank got in my life and <clears throat> I was handing him an offering. And he didn't know that I'd promised a previous in a meeting with him out in California. I don't know, a year or two before that, maybe a year. And I'd run out of money out there to give in the offerings. I took all the money I had, and it was Thursday night. He was doing a special project. He always was, and that's a good thing to do if you're a preacher. And I said, Lord, I don't have any money. And the Lord just roared in my spirit. Well, you got faith, don't you? Sometimes he just talks loud like that. And I can hear him, but he just talks loud when he's firm. I go, yeah. He said, well, then write on an envelope what you'll give and put it in the plate. And when you get it, send it to him. So I just wrote down, I'll give $1,000 to that project when it comes in, Dr. Michael P. Jacobs. I don't think he even knew I did that because he doesn't count his offerings. I don't ever count my offerings. He never have. My wife has counted a few. Donna's counted hundreds in the staff. Anyway, just interesting. 
and $1,000 came. And I was having lunch with him the next day. I said, here's that. I, I made a commitment to you in your meeting last year. Here it is. And he took that envelope. I could tell he wanted to give it back. He was, I was so raggedy looking. You know, I really was. I had, my clothes looked pathetic. And he said, don't those people ever buy you any clothes down there, Doc Jacobs? I said, well, they do their best. And he just shook his head, but fire shot out of his eyes. He laid his fork down. He said, you're coming. You're coming out of that pain in Jesus' name, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay off your medical expenses. It was $20,000 within six weeks, and the church didn't do it, and I didn't tell anybody get gets into the appeal letter, if you don't give, I'm going under. And all of a sudden, all this money came to us. My wife can testify, and she paid all that off on a credit card because I didn't have insurance. I believe insurance is good to a degree. I do. Listen to me. But you've got to be careful you don't trust in everything but God. Come on. All right. I better move along. I'm getting starting to meddle. Yeah. Yeah, it all got paid off. And I got delivered. It was about nine more months before that pain left. I got up one day and went, boop. It didn't make that sound, but it boogied. It just boogied right up out of me. It's never been back, and it never will be. Fourteen years. So don't act like, you know, you tried five times to get prayed for for migraine headaches and you still have them. Well, I know that's not pleasant, but why don't you try it six times? Why don't you give God a seven time if you need it? Maybe, maybe somebody said, well, what did, they, what did they know? I can tell you what people know when they don't get it. They don't know enough. They don't know enough. My wife was up at 6 o'clock this morning, had a special appointment with a hairdresser at 7. Going down the road, it's dark. 6.45, there comes a jogger. He's in a total black suit with orange stripes or yellow stripes on it so you could see him. He's 28 degrees. 28 degrees and he's running down the road. She said, if you could be as disciplined as he can, we could take the world <laughs> to me. Well, if you could be as disciplined as he was to look good in his bathing suit or whatever he's trying to do, maybe he's got some health issues. He must have believed that that was going to do him some good to commit to do that. And that's what this... That's what this conference is. You're going to have to commit to do some things different. If you haven't got it yet, you don't know enough or you don't know how to apply what you know. I'm not putting people down. I've been through that myself several times. And then get one thing done, and then over here I didn't know enough about this. Then i got to figure this out. But I did. I'm not the smartest tool in the toolkit, but I can get it done because I stay with things. I just never stop, never quit. Buried my friends, don't stop. Buried my spiritual father. Keep going. You know, I'm just telling you, if I outlast all of you, I'll bury all of you and still be going. Not that I didn't care you were here. I'm glad you're here today. And if we bury you, I'll try to say something nice about you. But that's it, baby. Goodbye. I'll see you in heaven. We'll have a, we'll have a real healing conference up there. We won't need it up there. All right. I'm just kind of teasing with you. You can lighten up a little bit. When you have faith in God's mercy to heal as you do in God's mercy to forgive, then you'll be healed as easily as you're forgiven. Yeah, the, the Southern Baptists, I give them credit because that's the group I came out of. They were so committed. I don't care if you were the biggest whoremonger in town, the biggest alcoholic, the biggest drug dealer. If you said Jesus come in, they were right in there with you. Just pray this with us, Jesus. And he took me like I was, a drug addict and all. He didn't even tell me to clean up. You know what I mean? He cleaned me up later. But he did, I just came to him as I was, and he changed me on the inside. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
But see, now if we'd have been taught about healing when that first occurred, I wouldn't have struggled for so many years. And then even going to a seminary, which should have been a place of higher learning. And you want me to get mad? I could get mad easy on that. And because those people should have known more than I knew. But they didn't. And I wasn't a contrary person. I wasn't like I am today. But I wanted to know some truth, and I expect you to answer me with some intelligence if I ask you a legitimate question about the Bible on the subjects that you're supposed to be teaching me. And I didn't talk like that to my professors. I didn't want to get thrown out for being a smart aleck. But luckily, the guy that taught me Greek also taught me the book of Acts, and he ripped the you-know-what out of Acts. There's no supernatural in that from him. And I went home every night because he'd already talked to me the Greek. I got in my Greek New Testament and proved he was totally, absolutely, completely wrong. And I was 28 and he was 82. I wasn't going to raise my hand like an idiot and challenge him in class. I hope you're listening. Sometimes you just got to make a stand, beloved. It's not friendly. It's not nice. You're not trying to fit in. You're just trying to figure some truth out so you can live in this miserable planet. How about that? It's miserable. You go to heaven, why would you want to come back here? Even with your wife and kids or husband and kids. I mean, my God, you have no idea what heaven's like. Hallelujah. And I made, I made things like that all the way through and took slack for it and got beat up for it and all kinds of stuff. People trying to smear me and lie about me maliciously. But I'm glad I did it because I found truth out of the Bible, though it took something to do that. Yeah, I left my last church, and then I didn't have a church to go. Then I went to a church. I'd just been spirit-filled three months. The spirit-filled people didn't trust me because I was an ex-Baptist. But Baptists certainly didn't trust me because I spoke in tongues now and believed in healing. Yeah, and they wrote my home church and said, you ought to pull this guy's papers. He's not a Baptist. So I called my home church. The pastor had ordained me wasn't there anymore. And I said, I'd like to make an appointment to meet the pastor, the pastor that's there presently. I talked to the church secretary. My name is Michael Jacobs. You surely got a letter from me from pastor so-and-so. It's not a very nice letter about me. I'd like to come up and take the pastor out to lunch, if he'd permit me to do that. We sat down at lunch table. I said, I don't know you. You don't know me. Here's all my papers, my ordination, my license. If you need it, you can have it. He shoved it back. He said, I don't know you, Michael. I said, I know. But I'm sure you read the letter you got from so-and-so. He said, oh, yeah. But I went to all those men that ordained you. And they said they didn't know nothing about this tongues or healing, but they stood by your ordination. They know you, and they stand by what they did. I said, great, let's eat. <laughs> but see, you get willing because you're just after truth. I don't think you're seeing what I'm saying. <laughs> Sometimes you have to put it all on the line for Jesus because you really want to learn something. The reason it takes some people time to receive their healing, time, is because they have to be moved into a position to receive and be healed. See, sometimes people aren't in a position to be healed. They want to be healed. I mean, there's no person that has a normal mental brain in them does not want to be healed from pain, discomfort, and all that trash that goes with sickness and disease. Really, sickness and disease is just the beginning stages of death. Yeah, so, yeah, so anybody wants, but you can't just get it sometimes because you've got to be moved in position by the word. 
One time I cast the devil out of a lady. Dale, you were with me. You and I don't know if Arlene was there, but you were, Dale. And I commanded this spirit to come out of this lady, a demonic spirit. It came out, and he went right back in her. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't play with stuff like that. If that happens, I'm going to find out what the deal is. So I said to the lady, hey, lady, you got a problem. Well, that's why I'm here. I said, I know, but I commanded that devil to come out, and he stepped out of you for a minute, went right back in you. So you still got the door open. You want to tell me about it? You want me to try to figure it out? Well, I don't know. I said, well, you ought to know, or I'm not going to pray for you. You're going to stay bound. Who are you mad at? I'm not mad at anybody. You remember that, Dale? Who are you mad at? I'm not mad at anybody. Well, it sounds like you're mad at me right now. You're not touchy either, are you? Oh, no. My husband, I said, well, either you're going to pray with me right now, sincerely, I will lead you in a prayer to forgive your husband, and you can get delivered, or you can just turn around and go out this night, because I'm not going to fool with you. The devil went back in. I commanded him to come out, but he had opening because you gave him permission to come back in through your grudge, through your revenge, through your animosity towards your husband. I don't know what he did. Figure it out. And straighten it out. Did you really say all that? I really said all that. Why would I? Why didn't I just tell her just to leave and not fool with her? That's much easier. But my compassion said, "No, I want to figure out." Because I saw the civil spirit come out. He looked right at me and he went back back at her. Dale's my witness. I was operating in discerning of spirits. I'm not sure Dale was, but he was there when all this happened. I was very nice to her, but firm. And when I prayed with her to forgive her husband, that spirit walked away from her by itself. I didn't have to pray again. Because it came back to my authority that came when I told him to leave. And now he had no nothing to stand on. Because she had turned loose all the bitterness towards her husband. Interesting comment there. but Let me see what else I got here that we could uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes the healing power of God is ministered to a sick person so that the person is manifestly supercharged with heaven, heavenly electricity, God's power. Yet no real or final healing takes place until something occurs that releases the faith of the individual. Yes. Kenneth E. Hagen. Yes. In other words, you have to release your faith. Even if I pray for you and God floats you through the air, and I've had him do that with some people with a wind of God. Or they fall down and they stay there for a long time. And they get up and three days later they lost their healing. He's saying here you can be supercharged with the power yet no real or final healing takes place until something occurs that releases the faith of the individual. How do you release your faith? Through words and your heart. Your heart has to agree with that. You could say the right words but you don't have any faith in it so it's just words. Are you listening? How do you get it to say it means you've got to start saying it and keep saying it and keep saying it and spend some time thinking about it. And if you need to, and I recommend this quite often, talk to Jesus about it. He knows exactly what it's going to take to get you healed, what it's going to take to help you, and talk to him. He won't clam up on you because he loves you. <laughs> he wants everybody healed. He wants everybody strong. He wants everybody strengthened. He wants everybody to be powerful. All right. Now, are we in Matthew yet? Matthew 14. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Dry, dry mouth. And when they were, verse 34, 
when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret when the men of that place had knowledge of him. Uh-huh. Now notice this, let me point, they didn't just have knowledge about him, they had knowledge of him. They knew something about him that was critical for them to know. And I would say that he's a healer because the context of what we're going to read. And they sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all, say all, all that were diseased. In other words, they didn't say, well, yeah, it's God's will. Yeah, no, I'm not sure about you. Yes, yeah. It was everybody they got a hold of that was sick or diseased. They brought them to Jesus. So they had, they had knowledge of Jesus that he was a healer and that he wasn't turning away anybody. You know, some people have said, well, maybe his answer is yes, no, or not now. Where'd you get that not now? That's not faith if it's not now. Now, faith is now. Faith is always now. And if it's not now, it's not faith. And if it's not faith, it's not working. All right, I just thought you'd help. I'm trying to help you. All that were diseased. Now, all, there's no exceptions. No, what about, no, all means all. All of them that were diseased, whatever they had. And then it says, and they besought him, Jesus, that they might only touch him of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. And the Amphite says, perfectly restored. So this is Jesus' healing ministry, just one incident here. But the people had knowledge of him. This is why we're teaching this, to get you more knowledge of Jesus as a healer. As a healer, that's our premise that we're standing on, because he's a healer. Now, let's look at something else here. Let's go to uh, Psalm 107. You follow me Okay. I don't know about you. I really enjoy this. I enjoyed this morning. I enjoyed tonight. I'm going to enjoy tomorrow night and Tuesday night. And I'm believing someday this church will allow me to come do like a 10-day meeting. Or we do two five-day meetings back-to-back. Maybe skip the weekend. You can rest and come hear Brother Jordan, Pastor Jordan on Sunday. It says Psalm 107, verse 17. Let me back it up a little to verse uh yeah, verse 17. 107, 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them. Hey, he knows how to save us. Out of all, out of their distresses, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Notice it was their destructions. So they must have helped create it. It says, verse 17, they were doing foolish things and so forth, and it brought judgment. And not that God's out to get you, but you get out of the blessing into the curse. You get out of the light and over in the darkness, and there's penalties to pay unless you make, you know, repent and get back over here where you should be. And then when you get a little bit older, here's another deal. You can't just be a church member. And never do any personal study or never do any prayer expansion. Pretty soon, whatever you're doing won't work anymore. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So we're just talking about some things here. You, you need to listen to me when I'm talking. I'm saying a lot of things I didn't know I was going to say, but I kind of enjoy it. I may go back and listen to tape myself. When it says he sent his word, one translation says he sent the word and it healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. I wrote in my Bible on a little sticky tad. Their destructions. And our destructions come three areas. I wrote the way we think. Because our thinking's wrong. The way we talk. If we're talking wrong. 
and of course the way we believe if we're believing wrong. So sometimes if our thinking's not lined up with him, we're not thinking in line with him. How, how many know that Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? So if God says this and I'm doing this over here, he says this but I'm saying this over here, I'm not in agreement with him. I'm not talking like he's talking. I'm not believing what he's doing. And I'm not thinking right. You know, it doesn't mean a person's evil. It doesn't mean a person is of the devil. They just don't think right. And it takes time to get your thinking straightened out. We talked a little bit this morning from Isaiah 55. I just quoted, my ways are higher than the earth. <laughs> yeah, higher than the heaven is from the earth. That's pretty high. But he says, I'm sending the word to you to renew your mind with it. And return it back to me. So talking back to him. Not talking back smart like, but talking it back to him. This is what you said, Father. But I got, I got some things here in Psalm 107.20. I asked the Lord about that verse several years ago, and he said it does four things to you, Michael, for you. Number one, it answers your questions. If you get in the Word and get in the Word enough, then eventually, and of course, somebody like myself could help you, or Brother Hagen or some other people that teach healing, uh, it'll answer your questions. I never saw Jesus ever say, I'm not praying for you, you dirty dog, you. No, he never, he never condemned anybody. I mean, the lady was taken in adultery, and he wrote in the sand. I'm not sure what he wrote, but I think he wrote the names of some of those elders. And they looked at that and went, uh-oh. And he said, you that's without sin, you throw the first stone. Big shots. And they all left one by one, the smartest to the dumbest. You know, the one still got a rock standing there, and everybody's left. And finally he goes, well, I guess I can't do it either. Sometimes it takes people a little time to understand. And he said, go and send no more. Where are your accusers? Well, where'd they go? And are you listening to me? God don't think like we think. I read, read that, you know, David's a man after God's own heart, and I thought about that, and I said, well, what about the deal with Bathsheba? And what about Uriah, her husband? He put him in the battle and told the other guys fighting with him to get away from him and let him kill him. What about that, Father? He said, I said he's a man after my heart. You just better leave that alone. Yes, sir. You get to heaven, you're going to be surprised people that are there. Probably be surprised some that aren't. You know, I'm just talking to you here. Answers your questions. The word will answer your question. Number two, it feeds your faith. The word will feed your faith. You need your faith fed more than you need your stomachs fed. We need our faith fed more than our intellectual stuff fed. Are you listening to me? You know, I've been really disillusioned about America recently. I'm not going to get that out of the box because I don't want to get in an argument with anybody. But I'm just praying. I'm just praying for my government. I'm praying for the president, whoever's going to be sworn in, that everything's going to be all right. And I've been on this planet 70 plus years and, you know, all I know is, you know, I'm still here and I'm glad I live in America. I'm just going to say that much. But I'm not going to get intellectual and try to figure out why this is this way. Sin is that way and darkness is that way. And one people say this happened. Another body say, no, it didn't happen like that. It happened like this. Unless you know the truth, you don't know. I just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Unless you want to get in trouble eventually. We're talking about your healing. 
Well, I'll tell you what we ought to do. Well, we don't want to hear what you think. I can tell from that attitude what you'd like to do, you know. And me too. I felt that way before too. We ought to pray, we ought to pray for people. Just pray and forgive people and walk in love towards people. All right. Uh, so number one, it answers your questions. The word answers your question. Number two, it feeds your faith. Number three, it puts you in position to receive. Remember, I responded not because Brother Hagin said that, but I wrote this before I knew he said that. Some people can't receive because they're not in position to receive. And that's why teaching on healing brings people into position where they can easily receive. So it puts you in a position to receive. I, I know it's hard on us because we want to feel like we've all done our best. <laughs> and probably some of us have tried to do our best, but I don't know about you, but I have failed a lot of times on a practical level. None of your business. I'm not asking for your stuff either, but just listen to me. And when it comes to faith and healing and faith in God, I have to have faith that he loves me more than my hiccups, more than my disobedience. And if I know if I have any, I repent before I go to him. I mean, you get a little older, you get a little smarter, hopefully, and you don't make as many mistakes as you did. And if you do, you just say, Father, forgive me. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have thought that. Wash me in the blood. I got a mini book, a new one out there called The Power of the Blood. Isn't it, Sean? Something like that. Hallelujah. It puts you in position to receive. We're coming by faith. It's just something that already belongs to us, but we haven't received it fully. You know, Jesus has not done anything different from me than when I first got saved up till now. And I will be saved this month. This is December, right? I've been saved 49 years this, this month. Next year will be 50, half a century. And he hadn't done anything different than what he's already done. You know why he sat down when he was through? He was through. Now, he is interceding for me. <laughs> and some of the people over there in heaven are in his. Part of our family's over there and part of us are here. But what I'm saying is to you, I'm just saying that God will receive us. Even if we don't think we've measured up to some things. We just need to repent if that's the case. It's not a long, drawn-out thing. If you're serious, repentance just means change. I was going that way, but now I'm going this way. I was going this way, now I'm going this way. Yeah. Takes a minute, my wife said. Number four, it helps you meet the conditions. It helps you meet the conditions. Now, I've got a couple other things real important to get into if you give me a little time tonight. So I'm going to start with this now. So that's, those are the four key things that I wrote down. From my study of the word, it answers your questions, feeds your faith, puts you in position to receive, and helps you meet the conditions. That's pretty good. Amen. Now, does sickness glorify God? Because I've heard people say this a lot, you know, especially when I was around people that didn't know the Bible as much as some of us have begun to know it. Go to Matthew 9, and let's see if that's scriptural. Because uh, people will say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in this sickness to glorify God. Are you really? Come on now. No, there's no passage in the scriptures that indicate that. If you interpret it that way, there's something wrong with the way you're looking at it or whatever. But chapter 9 of Matthew, um, he talks to this gentleman and the man's uh, <clears throat> done some things. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, verse 4, said, Who is there thank you evil in your hearts or whether is easier Matthew 9, 5, to say thy sins be forgiven or to say rise and walk. In other words, not one's not more important than the other. They're both the same. 
that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth, talking about himself, to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go forth into thy house. And he arose and departed to his house. I studied this a long time ago, and I realized the reason Jesus dealt with his guilt and forgave his sin first, he knew that was going to hinder him. He got that all moved out of the way immediately so he could minister to him. Think about it. It says, And when the multitude saw it, that the man rose up and was healed, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. So God got glory when the man got up and walked off. He didn't get any glory because he was sick. All right, let's go to Matthew 15, another, another witness, another event, another time in Jesus' ministry. Matthew 15, and let's look here. I think I have that written down. 29 through 32. Uh, in Matthew 15. Okay, Jesus departed, verse 29, Matthew 15, from thence and came nine to see a Galilee, went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with him those who were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others. And he cast them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. Inasmuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. See, they, the, Jesus and God got glory when they all walked away healed. Not when they were in those conditions. It's not a personal thing against a person. I'm not saying if somebody's sick that they're evil. But somehow or another, they, the devil snuck up on them or did something. Either you opened the door to it or inadvertently you didn't know how to shut that door. How many know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Let's read on just a minute. This is interesting. And they glorified God of Israel. Then Jesus called the disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days. And they have had nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint. Here's an interesting comment. They were with him for three days before all that took place. We have a three-day meeting, Sunday, Monday, tomorrow, and Tuesday. Three days. See, you know, you, th- you get when you read your Bible, sometimes in 15 minutes you think Jesus got everybody raised from the dead, everybody got healed, but sometimes that's not true. You go back to the Old Testament and you see this prophet did that, and then you read a few more chapters and this prophet did that, and you read several more chapters and this prophet, say, man, gosh, they had a big weekend. That was 20 years passed between those three events. <laughs> but we have a right to those events. And we're promised healing because... Healing is, belongs to us. It's the children's bread, and we're his children. It's not like a big deal, really, for him to do that at all, because in his mind, God's mind, it doesn't matter if you have leukemia or you have a migraine. It doesn't mean, mean any different to those of us who think like God. It's the person that puts the attributes to that, or somebody says, I think you might have cancer, versus I think you might have something, something minor a little infection around your tooth. That's a big difference. Because the medical profession and the way we're taught, we think about these things as bigger or lesser. But it's all the same. It's sickness and disease, and God wants you healed of all of it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have to stay with Jesus. This is my point. You have to stay with me. If you don't come tomorrow night, I'm not going to yell at you or anything else. I'm trying to help you. But I'm just saying, I'm trying to say that to say sometimes it takes time to get all this word out where we start making corrections. 
See, I used to think I had a right to my opinion. God said to me one time, you don't have a right to anything, Michael. You have a right to think like me if you're smart. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, I got corrected, smacked, and I got elevated at the same time. I don't have to have an opinion. I don't, I don't have to declare my opinion all the time. Okay. Let, let's talk about another. I'm skipping to another subject here for just a minute, and then I'm going to get into a few more things. People say, well, God is teaching me something. Well, I found out that's not in the Bible unless it's these three things teach us. I found out from the scriptures. Number one, what really teaches you something? You know, people say, well, I'm suffering for Jesus or God put this on me to teach me something. Now, listen, if you're a father, a mother, a grandparent, would you put leukemia on your granddaughter to teach her something? Would you hire somebody at the bus stop to hit a kid getting off the bus with a bat to make sure they learn something that day? That's what you're saying. And furthermore, you're saying that God does that to us to teach us something. I do not have, the marshals don't got to go look for my father. You know what I mean by that? Low-life dads that have a lot of kids and don't take care of any of them. My Heavenly Father's not beating me up to teach me anything. He's loving me as best He can and trying to get revelation to me to get me well. Not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. I mean, one time on TV, I saw a guy stand there and the dad standing by him. He's standing by a fire. A house is burning behind him and he's got his pastor with him. And I thought, my God, somebody needs duct tape for that pastor. He, he said, what are you doing here? Well, I'm this man's pastor and God just took his wife and three kids and burned them all alive in that fire. I said, get him off of there. I want to call Channel 32. What's wrong with you people? Would you really like? I'd love to say what's wrong with you people. They get on national TV and make a declaration that God is behind that destroying a family for no reason. That doesn't even make sense to me. When you love people, you want to encourage them. You want them elevated. You want them intelligent. You want them healthy. You want them well. You want them sound. You want them strong. You want them blessed. Unless there's something wrong with you, that's what you'd want for anybody. Just a good Christian attitude. But people are blaming God. You know, they, I saw this in Chicago a couple years back. And people had some children and put them in dog cages and fed them that way. And then he put them in prison. And I went, hooray, God bless you. You should put them in prison. I got another idea. Put them in a cage yourself. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll get... I'm not running for nothing. You don't have to vote for me. Okay. But this is what really teaches you scripturally. Number one, the Word of God teaches you. In the scripture, 2 Timothy 3. I'm not going to read it. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. You know, the Word of God, inspired by God, to bring correction, reproof, rebuke, and, and uh, correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfectly equipped. So the Word of God teaches me. Number two, the Spirit of God teaches me. John 14, 26. The Spirit of God will come. He'll teach you all things. And number three, the fivefold ministry, like myself and Pastor Jordan and others here tonight, like Pastor Wade or Pastor Randy, we are all teachers and preachers. The fivefold ministry is able to teach you something, especially if they know what they're doing. And we didn't even talk about that. You know, we have to rightly divide some things. You know, when things are rightly divided, they work. You know, I had some eye surgery. It's been a while now. They put a laser down in my head. Now, I know it sounds dangerous because I saw a commercial for it on TV, not the eye thing, but a Sherman tank they put in the field, and they had this 
this giant, what is it, electron? Laser. Laser. And it cut that tank right into it. It went, <laughs> tank went, bloop. Wow. Now, the volume and intensity of that was a lot less than what they put in here. I wouldn't have a back of my head anymore. You know what I mean? They wouldn't have a table that I was on anymore. They had to drill through to the other side of the earth probably. But anyway, I'm just talking to you. But see, what electron, when you split an atom, it, it, it releases energy if it's handled correctly. And if it doesn't, it creates a lot of chaos and destruction. That's kind of what the people do with the Bible. They just teach it any way they want. And they don't rightly divide stuff, then it ends up being a mess for the people that hear them. Yeah. I'm not being mean, but when I ask you and you say you have a Ph.D. in theology, that is your major in God, and you cannot answer one single question for me on this subject that I just asked you about. Then I ask another question, the same guy, later, not that time, but he couldn't answer that either. And I said, well, hmm. See what I'm saying? Because he's religiousized into his little format, and you're not going to pull him off that. No matter how stupid he seems, even to somebody like me who didn't know that much, I just knew God was good. Because I was a full-blown addict, and went to a youth service and got saved, and I, I went home another way, not geographically, but spiritually. I went home. I was a different person. I got born again. And I was just shooting dope a couple of days before that and acting crazy. All right. Now, let's talk for a minute about a couple of things here. Let's go to, let's go to Romans, uh, not Romans, I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter 4. We doing okay? I'm, I'm jumping around, but I'm kind of doing it on purpose a little bit to help get as much covered as I can. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 4 with me real quick here. And this is the key for our healing right here. Not just tonight, but every single time that you need to be healed. You need to go back to these verses, verses 20 through 23, and ask yourself if you're doing this. He says, my son, or we could say my son or daughter, attend to my words, this is God's words, incline your ear unto my sayings. Now that means we're going to have to tend to it. Now we don't use that too much in Indiana, but they do down in the south and sometimes in Texas. I got to go tend to something. That means something else is number one. Something else is number two or three or four. So he says, my children attend to my words. Get his words. Attend to go to his words. You ought to get in the word every day, at least partially. Sometime. I don't mean the whole day, but you need to have the Bible. Have a Bible. And if you have electronic thing, God bless you. You can have that too. But I like one I can feel. And I like to mark stuff up. That's just my MO. That's maybe not yours, but this helps me. Yeah. And um, I mark it up and write in it and write down the side. Some days it looks just like it's just a roadmap sometimes. But anyway, it says I need to attend to his words and I need to incline my ear to his sayings. In other words, I need to put my ear to people that can teach me something that I know are intelligent spiritually. That's different than being intellectually intelligent. Mm -hmm. You know, there are intelligent people that are just so heady and they're very smart people. I didn't say they were spiritual. They're smart when it comes to what I'm teaching you, they may be a zero or less than that because they don't compute all that. What do you mean God healed you? God healed me. What do you mean God, God healed me? No, but did you see him? No, I didn't see him. Well, how do you know? Because I stood on his word and it came to pass for me, like we sang about. It'll all come to pass in Jesus' name. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. 
And he says, let them not depart from thy eyes. So we've got to keep our eyes on things, on the word, and keep them in the midst of your heart. And the way, best way I say to put it in your heart is to say it. But you know what happens sometimes? I think some of us, especially people like myself or other people that have been in the word for years and years, decades and decades, I could quote a lot of scripture to you, but that don't mean I know it right now. That just means I remember it. There's a difference. Well, what are we going to do? Well, you have to start remembering things too, but you're going to have to spend some time in meditation. Remember what I told you this morning? It's not just knowing the scriptures that's part of it, but you're going to have to spend some fellowship time with Jesus and talk to him about this. And the Holy Ghost will help you understand that he's the one that, that wrote this through people, the Bible. It's inspired by God, written by man under divine inspiration from God. So the Holy Spirit knows how to help, you know, you understand it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm saying this on purpose because these are all important. I need to tend to the work. You know, I found myself after a while, I was getting up in the morning and I wasn't spending any time with God that, like that. A while back, and I, I said to myself, I said to the Lord, first forgive me. I did spend time with God, but not first. I know you never thought you'd hear me say that. There's a lot you don't know, but just talking to you. I'm just honest enough to tell you that. And I said, I'll change that right now. Tomorrow morning, I'm up with you first. Now, I had done that for years and years and years and years and years and years. And then you get busy and this stuff gets in your way. and You got much to do. I know you're old, older. Yeah, I got, pl- I got more to do than I have time to do it sometimes. I know you think that's funny, but it isn't. And I stay active in my life and my marriage and raising kids and Raising grandkids and doing my part. So that was a little change I need to make. So I need to get back to tend to the words. And sometimes I go back several times a day into my office or in my car. I seem to get a lot of stuff in my car when I'm out praying in tongues. I don't have any particular place to go. I just take off driving. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, maybe it is for you, but it's not for me. So please don't call it dumb for me. I just, I get with God in my truck and I go ride around and he talks to me sometimes, a lot of times. And I talk to him. I'm not big on music. I mean, to listen to music to get me over there, I'm more, I would listen to a teaching tape probably before I do. But just praying in the Holy Ghost and talking, Father, I want to know more about this scripture here. I've been talking to you about it a while. And I pray a little bit to make sure I'm able to hear him clearly, not just naturally listen, but spiritually listen. For they, the words, his words, are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. That word health there in the Hebrew, it's right in the footnote, but I checked it out with the Hebrew Bible too, is the word medicine. So it says they are life to those that find them. In other words, I'm going to have to search out something to find it. I've had sons, my spiritual sons, preachers and stuff. Where did you ever find that scripture in Job? I found it in Job. I read Job and I found it. Amazing revelation in Job. I found one I'm going to share with you Tuesday night about living a long time. He says, I'm going to go to my grave undiminished, full of vigor, not hobbling around, barely making it. Well, you don't know. Well, you don't know. Right back at you. You won't know if you take that attitude with me. Well, you don't know what's coming. Yeah, I know what's coming. I know what's going to come if I do what I'm just teaching you. You attend to his word. You can live as long as you want. Maybe you don't want to live, then just go home. But I don't know why you want to forfeit things when you can get to the best you've ever been, the older you get. 
I'm going to say it in a nutshell. I'll explain it more Tuesday night if you want to come back. There's an anointing I'm in now in my 70s. I couldn't get in when I was 50. I don't care if you understand it or not. I'm just telling you what Brother Copeland said and what I've studied out, and it's true. And there's another anointing coming for my 80s. And then my 90s, if the Lord tarries and I want to stay on a little longer, I'm thinking about it. Are you listening? Yeah. See, you stay with it. I'm a prosperous person. I'm a healed person. I'm a well person. I don't have mental problems. I don't have emotional problems. Because I say I don't. Because I say I have a sound mind. I have the mind of Christ. I'm, what I'm doing tonight, I'm feeding myself too as I'm feeding you to renew my mind to be like Jesus thinks. Mm-hmm. They are life to those that find it. going to have to search some things out. And health or medicine to all their flesh. I put it in my Bible, taped it in here. The uh, Rotherham translation says, verse 22, to every part of one's flesh they bring healing. To every part of one's flesh, they bring healing. These words that have life in them and health in them, to every part of my body, it brings healing. Whether it's my brain, my internal organs, my feet, my joints, my shoulders, my spine, my heart, my liver, my lungs, my spleen, my intestines, my digestive system, it brings healing to everything I need. That's what it says. See, we need to start thinking like that. God's word is medicine. There's nothing wrong if you take natural medicine, keep taking it. But get in a place where you're in faith, where you're going to knock one out at a time at least, and give it a shot, and believe God to take care of that, and then go back to your doctor and let him check you. Let him check you. I've never told anybody, throw your medicine away, throw your glasses away. There was people I knew that preached when I was a younger preacher. And they told me, what, what happened? All those people who stomped their glasses, they had to go to the eye doctor. About two days, they couldn't see. They had to spend money to get new ones. That's the dumbest thing people ever... I did one time ask God to make a lady sick because she took an overdose and was going to get, have to go to the hospital and get her premise stuck or she was going to die. And she called me as a last order emergency. Pastor Jacobs, would you help me? I said, what's the matter? What would you do? I took, a, I took an overdose of pills, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end up dying if I don't get my, pump, my stomach pumped. And if I go to the hospital, they're going to ask who I am. I'm going to have to give them identification. My name's going to be in the paper. All the nurses are going to go. It's going to spread in this little burg I live in. So I said, okay, hang on a minute. I called Dale. Dale, can you meet me at church in 10 minutes? Yeah, I called her back. Okay, meet me at church in 10 minutes. She came in. I said, sit down. I laid hands on her. Dale was there with me, not by myself, another man to prove nothing happened. I said, make her sick, Father. Run! She made it to the toilet, thank God. Just thought you'd like a little story like that, a little liveliness in it. And she didn't have to be known as a person who tried to do something crazy. I just tried to help the lady. Okay. It says, the Bible will be health to all your flesh. And it says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flow the issues of life. All right. Let, let, me, let, let me read you something here. Closing from Proverbs 3, since I'm close by, but I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. You okay with everything so far? I had a lot of other stuff to say, never got to. What do you think about that? It's always like that, isn't it? We should have more than we can cover sometimes. But Proverbs 3 from the Amplified Bible, my son, look at this, verse 1. My son, forget not my law or teaching. 
And let your heart keep my commandments or keep my words. That's the way I would translate it. For length of days and years of a life worth living and tranquility inward and outward. (laughs) Who are you talking about getting buzzed out on peace? There you are, baby. Again, buzzed out on peace. Wow, this is wonderful. Is it really? Yeah, it really is. When I got rid of worry, I made a decision about 12 years ago, I'm not going to worry about nothing the rest of my life. Now, did it come in one day? Are you kidding? It seemed like everything in the world I needed to worry about came the next three weeks or three months. And I would deal with it one at a time. I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not gonna, I prayed, but I'm not going to worry about that. I'm not going to pick that up and go worry about it. And he says here, for length of days, so I could stretch my life out and years of a life worth living and tranquility inward and outward and continuing through old age till death, I like to say until we depart. Let me say something to you. Some of you will understand. Some of you need to think about it. You've done all the dying you're ever going to do. You've already been dead. Now you're alive to God. Now your body's going to die when you leave it because there's nothing to sustain it. It's just a shell. It's just a cover. It's just like this coat. If I took my coat and threw it on the floor, I'd still be walking around, wouldn't I? Sure, because I'm the one giving life to the body, James says. The body, you know, the body without the spirit's dead. But you're not dead. You just left. It says, these days shall add to you. So I can add length of days to my life if I'll do what I've just read you. Don't forget the law and the teaching and keep his words. Let not mercy and kindness... uh, Shutting out all hatred and selfishness and truth. Shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy or falsehood. Don't let those things forsake you. Bind them about your neck. Write them upon the table of your heart. And you write them in there by speaking them. Verse 4. So shall you find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight or judgment of God and man. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways know, recognize, and acknowledge Him, and He will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Reverently fear. Have a reverence for the things of God. Have a, a reverent fear for the Word of God, and worship the Lord, and turn entirely away from evil. Well, here's another issue. You've got to turn entirely away from evil. Maybe you just thought watching bad movies was evil. Well, it is, but, and it'll kill you, sure enough, eventually. But how about strife? How about bitterness? How about revenge? How about hatred? How about unforgiveness? I can forgive everybody, but I'm never going to forgive her for doing that. I'm never going to forgive him for doing you're, you're already You're in bondage, and they're probably dead and gone. No. It'll be health to your nerves. Ooh, I like that. And your sinews and marrow and moistening to your bones. You know if your bones are moistened inside, you're going to live a long time. And you won't have nerve problems either. See, what I'm trying to say, you can't just live any way you want, think anything you want, say anything you want. You're going to have to be more controlled like that runner at 645, 28 degrees, running down a road with no headlight. He's got enough clothing on you could see him, hopefully, but he was committed. He was committed to do that. He thought it was going to help him, so he's out there doing it. So I'm telling you, this is precious. A life worth living. 
You know, I don't want to look back and think, oh, my God, I wasted so much time. I don't want to do that. I want to say, praise God, I tried to do my best. And when I miss it, I repent and turn around and get back on the train, get back on with him. You know what I mean? I'm just using that as a loose expression. But get on with it and learn to reverence God in his word. Learn to reverence those things. Oh, I'm telling you, it'll help you immensely. It'll help you. And a lot of times you have to make decisions like that. And some of them are hard on your flesh because your flesh don't want to be disciplined. You got to fight being fat. You got to fight being this. You got to fight being that. But you're going to have to discipline yourself, control your thoughts, and get back in the Bible. And you listen, I mean, TV has its place, I guess, but you don't have to watch that TV. They offer so much of what you don't need. And Donna Reed's dead. Anybody know who Donna Reed is? What, five of you? Yeah, okay. There's some bigger more. <laughs> I wish we could reproduce her. Man, she was something. The perfect wife. All dressed up. I can bring home the bacon. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, I'm sorry. Cook it up in a pan. Never let you forget you're a man. What a woman. Come on now. No, some of that's just make-believe. But anyway, you see what I'm saying? There's so much to entertain us and draw us away that has no substance to help us have a more fulfilled life. Now, if I do find something on TV that's interesting, like recently, and I normally don't listen to this person, but uh, T.D. Jakes, he was on talking about the black and white thing, and he was so intelligent and spiritual. I mean, my God, he was just right on. It was so precious to listen to him talk. And normally I don't watch shows with that network much anymore. But, boy, that was a good night. Are you listening? He just spoke with a heart of compassion for people, black or white, trying to explain his point of view. It was so precious to me. I mean, I'm a white guy, but I don't tell anybody that. I'm just a covenant guy. Nobody knows. I'm incognito, right? You guys aren't sure what I am, right? <laughs> I'm a Holy Ghost guy. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Mr. Stettenbens, is he in here still or is he around or is he in the foyer? Somebody go bring him in or do I need to go to him? Somebody find out for me. Huh? You can bring him up? <clears throat> oh, here he is right here. Yeah, you can stand up with me. <clears throat> I didn't recognize you. Yeah, you was way back there. You was way back. Is that your that's Joyce back there? Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Come on up here with him a minute. We'd like to just thank God for you. I'm ready for it too. Yeah, praise God. Now, Miss Joyce here got healed in my ministry several years ago. God gave her a new heart. Amen. You still got it? Yes. <laughs> and she's so precious. She gave me the medical report. That's one good to see you both. So tell me a little bit about you, Richard. What happened? You went to the doctor. What's the problem here for in your body? Uh, I was diagnosed with pericarditis. The, uh, two years ago, I had three stents put in. Uh, my your heart? Fault from, you know, my, my way I eat. Uh, and then um, I, just October, it went into pericarditis, hmm. which is a, the pericardium a sac around the heart. Mm -hmm. It can get infected. 
and get fluid in it. Okay. Very painful, mm. and it's it's it, not a lot of people get it, mm -hmm. and and um, it, it was so bad. There was really nothing they could do. They did all kinds of tests, yeah, and sure. they didn't. They did everything they could to find out what the heck was going wrong. Mm -hmm. They couldn't figure it out. Uh, we don't know, sir. We don't know what it is, and they give they give me all kinds of pain stuff. Didn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, sent me home in a ten plus pain, and uh, two weeks ago on a Sunday, I said, God. I need you, God. I, I really, yeah. I can't wait on Mike. I, I was wanting you to pray for me. Yeah, and go ahead. I'm listening. I'll pray for you just a minute unless you want to say anything. I just asked God Richard. to, uh, I said, God, you got to heal me now or just take me home. Mm -hmm. And Were yeah. you in here when I talked about myself with that pain in my side? Yes. Yeah, yes, that's similar yes. type feeling sometimes. And I asked God to heal me, and he, he said, it's Satan. Uh, and I, I rebuked Satan, and I asked mm -hmm. God, please heal me. Yes, and sir. within an hour, I was I was healed. Of all that pain, that ten plus, just left. Wow! Praise God! Now I still got some gout. The doctor said mm -hmm. uh, he's very happy with my progress. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, but it's mainly your heart, that area. That pericardium, uh, all that uh, that Fluid. tremendous Fluid pain in the heart down. or the lungs. Okay. Yeah, they said that's doing really good now. So. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the, yeah. They say it's it's getting smaller and smaller. You know, it's doing doing better. So, yeah. So uh, now uh, now he's yeah. treating me for gout, which we think that's what what might have been the cause of, of the intense pain. And it moves around mm. still. So mm. I, I need you to pray for me. Yeah, Father, I pray for Richard. I command you, Satan, come out. I take authority over you for causing sickness and disease to come on him. Come out of him. In the name of Jesus, loose him and let him go. Yes. And Father, I'm asking you to give him a new heart or restore the one he's got, yes. but make him pain-free, make him whole, make him, make him healed, make him sound. Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Father, I release Jesus. your anointing to him right yes. now. In the name of Jesus, yes, thank you for your anointing that heals people, gives them miracles. In the name of Jesus, yes, thank, thank you. you, Father, for healing Richard. Thank you for giving him a new heart. Thank you for making things whole and well in Jesus' mighty name. And I declare you'll live and not die in Jesus' name and serve the Lord and fulfill whatever God's given you to do in the earth because we need you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Father. I pray for this wife too, Joyce, to just to step up as she is and step up. And we just thank you for this family and this home. We ask that everything be restored health-wise to them and in their house and in their home. And with, oh, we just thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Anybody else have any pain in your body? Come up here right now. Anybody have any pain in your body? I mean, it may be major or minor. I don't know what it is, but just come up if you have pain, please. Hallelujah. I'm going to minister to you. And rebuke that pain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Pain has to leave. Pain has to go. Pain is a word, and it has to submit to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Amzie. Thank you, Isaac. Father, we command pain to leave them. And come out in the name of Jesus. Loose her and let her go free now. I rebuke you, pain. You have to loose her. Loose her and let her go free in the name of pain. Come out. I break your power over her life, over her body. In the name of Jesus. There went something. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, Jared, be free. I command you, come out, pain. 
loose him and let him go free. Oh, there it is right there. Take that. Susan, come out and let her go free. Pain, you loose her now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Father. Thank. Oh, my goodness. That's it right there, Susan. Brother Paul, be healed. Pain, come out in the name of Jesus. You loose him and let him go free in Jesus' name right now. Thank you, Father, for these new kidneys. Thank you for new organs, new tissue, everything to work right and everything to be right and everything to be sound because that's what you created us to be, sound people. In Jesus' name, come out, pain. I rebuke you and command you. Rebuke now in the name of Jesus.